Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MPL Victoria pod. My name is Nick DeBarno, and no, I am not joined here today by Lockie Flanagan. He's enjoying some well-deserved R&R. He's on leave, he's over in Adelaide, and I'm hoping he's enjoying his time off. But the onus has now fallen on me to deliver a podcast, and unlike previous weeks where we both got swamped with work and, and life, we didn't deliver an episode in that period of time, but this time we've pivoted. So after the show last week, we sat down and we went, how are we going to keep delivering episodes when one of us have something on, we're away, or whatever it might be? Obviously, with the World Cup coming up, things are going to get busy. Um, so we kind of sat down and put together a bit of a wish list. And that wish list was, let's get some guests on. I mean, we had Josh on earlier in the year, but he's more like an honorary co-host. So considering Josh had just come back from Europe and he's only just starting to get himself back into the swing of the MPL, we decided we're going to pivot and, and get a player on. Now we're going to get players, coaches, officials, much love figures, whoever you want, you let us know for the remainder of the season and, and look to you know end this season on a high. So Lockie and I put together a list and one of those names, we decided to pivot a little bit to MPL too. We had a lot of players on last year from all across Victoria, some great guests. But there was one name that kind of stood out because we wanted to sort of look as well with the personalities. And one of the great personalities, one of the great players um, is Eastern Lions striker Max Batchelor. Now, Max is has had a great story. Born in England, moved to New Zealand, dual citizen, played in Cyprus, played in Italy. He's had a great career, a really, really great career um, and a really fascinating story. Uh, and now he's recently left FC Bulleen Lions. He signed for Eastern Lions. He played his first game against Kingston last week. So we thought, why don't we get him on the show to talk some football, talk a little bit about his life. He's got a very fascinating story, a really great story. Um, and also what it's like being a footballer and also being a reality TV star at the same time. That, I'll tell you what, th- there's some great stories from Max in regards to the whole experience uh, coming back and sort of everything else to do with it. A really, really great chat. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to for you guys to hear this. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to Max. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm looking forward to the chat. Well, Max, I mean, you've been at Eastern Lions now for around a week. You played your first game on the weekend against Kingston. How have you found it so far? Yeah, no, it's been great so far. Um, the boys have welcomed me. Uh, Chris Greechin down there, the head coach, has welcomed me with open arms. And it's been a decent start. Trainings have been intense. Um, it's a good good bunch of lads. Everyone's buzzing about the place. And we're pushing for promotion, so it is exciting times as well. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Take us through last Saturday. I mean, pretty chaotic game. Um, two red cards at the end for Kingston inside second half stoppage time, but you guys were able to get a point in a, against a really tough team that are top of MPL 2 at the moment. I guess, how did you find it from your perspective? Um, boy, it was, a, it was a tough one. Um, I mean, that pitch at this time of year isn't easy to play on. Mm. Um, the ball probably spent more time in the air than it did on the ground, but yeah, no, it was important to come away with a point. They're pretty well set up, Kingston, and they're going to be a tough, tough side for the rest of the season. I think they've got a good chance of promotion as well. Um, but yeah, the team fought well. We kind of stuck to what we were told. And to go one down against the team that's top of the league with, I think there was only probably 10, 20 minutes left. And to come back and get a point isn't easy. Um, and then they just imploded towards the end. I don't know what they were doing with the two red cards. They came out of nowhere and they definitely could have avoided both of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we stuck to it so we can take positives from the game. And I think it's good always to get a point and come down from one behind is, is always good for momentum going into next week as well. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're one of many players to be changing clubs at this time of the year. It's it's, it's weird. It's like the mid-season window, but it's not really because there's only about seven games left. You're sort of coming with about a quarter of the season left, I guess. Tell us how the move came to be. I mean, you're at Berlin uh, for last season, most of this season as well. Um, how does it all come to be at this point? You know, is it just sort of they come to you, you go to them? How does that all uh, work out in the mind of the player? Um, I think it probably changes depending on each player. But for me individually, I was looking to get out for a while. I think things definitely didn't go the way I wanted them to this season um, in terms of game time opportunities and just even just the way I was treated in general. But so for me, I was looking looking for a move and I had a help from from um, our old assistant actually at Berlin, who um, was done pretty dirty by Berlin as well. And um, he kind of knew Chris Creech and I also had contact with him a while ago too. And we set it up for a while, but because we're on pro contracts at amateur level, which I also just don't understand, the club was kind of demanding a ransom, which is pretty tough when you're trying to get out of the club just for your own good to play game time and you're not really being let go for what you feel like is your own good. Um, so that can be pretty tough. But in the end, we made it work and I actually had to pay my own way out along with another player. So as long as you can get it done, you can get back playing again and try and get a smile back on your face. I think that's all that matters, really. Take us through the difficulties of this season, Max, because last year you were right among the, the top goal scorers in MPL2. Berlin were flying for most of last season. I mean, right in amongst the promotion race and things haven't gone to plan for Berlin this season. It's been very well documented on the show, people watching on, seeing how things have changed. But just for yourself personally, the difficulties you face from going from being a, a regular starter to now having to play a bit part role at Berlin, a club that you were really thriving at last season. Yeah, I think it was it was really difficult for me this season. Um, just going from where I was last year to this year. Um, but look, football, you know, you're you're not expected to start every game or be the main player like every game. Like, you know, it's something that you should you need to get used to. Like I've never I've always had, you know, played different roles in teams growing up. So it's not something I'm not used to. But I think for me it was more just like the communication that I wasn't felt like I was receiving. Um, I would go kind of six to eight weeks plus without you know having a word said to me by the manager which is weird when you feel like you were a big part of the team last year um so that was tough to adapt to and then even when like it wasn't my time to play you know there was a game a few weeks ago against Langwar and I ended up scoring two goals in that game but before the game Ricky the other striker was injured and then it wasn't like oh you've trained well this week you know you're going to get your shot you know it was just like the other nine's injured, we need you to play. Is that all right? That was all I got from the manager, which for me was really strange, especially being, you know, the second top goal scorer in the league last season to just kind of being used as what felt like almost like an under-20s player. Um, so that was tough to adapt to, but hopefully I can have a good finish to the season and and go from there. Well, I mean, the, the difference, I guess, from this last year to this year, as we've just said about, obviously, performance-wise and everything like that, did you did you notice that, like, sort of coming into the season as well, that things had changed a little bit? I mean, a lot of the squad did stick around. Some did leave, go to other clubs in MPL or or elsewhere. But did you notice that just in terms of the environment at Berlin when you started this season? Yeah, definitely. I think it was, it was pretty evident from everyone who stayed this season but was there last season. Um, that things changed a lot in terms of even just personnel. I think last year, the, the team, the squad was was very good. There was big players kind of all over the park and very talented individuals. And then even just into preseason, like it was a really strange preseason. Um, I think at no point did the starting 11 that was kind of going to start the first few games in the season 
actually played together once in preseason. So no one had a run of games connecting with new players or linking up with people they hadn't played with before. And we just went into the season, I think went into the season pretty unprepared, despite what is quite a long preseason here in Australia. Um, and I think everyone felt that. And then even just training sessions were probably not as intense as we were used to under Fausto, who credit to him, you know, he had he had us boys working hard in training and he had everything drilled pretty tightly. Um, yeah, so I think we did feel just unprepared and probably just not as sharp or match fit as you'd expect coming off, you know, a two, three month preseason. Yeah, absolutely. I guess last season, you know, talk, take us through that a little bit because last season you guys were right in the promotion hunt for, you know, most of the season. It was a it was a really solid team. You know, it was yourself and mm. Big Set up top as well. You had still had Ben Everson, Carlton had come down as well. A really solid team from, from front to back, really. And then things started to sort of change towards the end of the season, fell out of that promotion hunt. But what, what, what was sort of your vibe from last season, just from a team perspective? Like, how did you think that sort of the year went? Because it was a bit of a disappointing finish to the season. Yeah, definitely. It was a weird one for me as well, because I obviously came in, I missed the whole of preseason. I missed the first, I think, two, three games as well. I was a bit busy with stuff and then came in and hadn't played in Australia before. So I wasn't used to kind of the season or anything to come. Like, I had no idea what to expect. But when I did come in, it was a good squad Trainings were intense. Trainings were good quality. The team was stacked and it was just a good vibe about the place and everyone kind of knew their role. Whereas it changed the season in terms of, I feel like everything kind of just flipped. Like no one really knew their role. There wasn't a good vibe about the place. Um, and then, yeah, going on to your question in terms of what probably changed towards the end of the season. Honestly, I don't really know. I mean, Jose Ramirez was key to that team as well. And he obviously did his ACL. I think halfway through the season, which was a big, it was a big kind of a big, um, a big loss for us, definitely. But I think players just got fatigued. I think the same players were playing every week and injuries started to come up and then people were playing through injuries. I know I was playing through one towards the end of the season. And then as results didn't go our way, we started to implode a little bit towards the back end and fingers were getting pointed and arguments were coming up and all the things you don't want from a team when you're going into the back end of a big season. And yeah, they just came in and yeah, we started to implode a little bit. I guess for those um, obviously that listen, haven't played at the same level you have and, you know, sort of at that NPL level, which is still semi-professional, but still very competitive. And you, you spoke about sort of the communication aspect, working with a coach that communicates with you, even when you're not playing and sort of speaks to you about what you can do better, what you're doing well. What, why is that, I guess, so important for a, not just a striker, but any on-field player to have that sort of communication with your coach, like constant communication and everything like that? I guess just in the mind of a player, tell, take us through that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, as a player, like we're all human beings and I think confidence is such a big thing in football. If you don't have confidence, I mean, I know individually myself, like if I haven't got confidence, I'm half as useful as I would be if I had a bundle of confidence, you know? So... A lot of it comes down to that for me in terms of communication. If you know the coach is kind of supporting you and he's got your back and he he backs you 100% to perform, you'll go out there and you'll probably end up playing better. Um, and I think most players would probably agree with me in this in, in terms of even if a coach probably isn't tactically as as aware as other coaches, but his communication with the players and the boys kind of feel like he's behind them, they'll probably go out there and do a better job than if you had a coach who was tactically very aware but didn't communicate with his players. Um, for me, it's probably one of the key key assets for a coach when you're trying to 
get your team motivated and get the boys believing in themselves and because that's what it all comes down to it comes down to belief and confidence and then you'll go out there and probably do a better job than if you didn't you know obviously you do a better job if you didn't have that so I think communication yeah is definitely one of the key aspects in in coaching a team well Max you got quite a fascinating journey just beyond sort of your MPL sort of what you've done down here since coming to Australia I guess take us through your football journey I mean you were in Wellington's Youth Academy you've played in Europe um I believe as well you're born in England as well T- take us I guess through how you sort of have come through in football like where did it all start for you um before you arrived here in uh in MPL yeah I've been through a pretty strange journey I think most boys probably haven't been through quite this journey for someone so young but I started off born in London um grew up playing Sunday league had a couple sniffs at academy level Crawley Town in league one Aldershot when they were in league two and then kind of when I got to 15, 16, started playing what was called Ryman Youth Level, which was like an under-18 league. I guess you compare it to kind of the NPL stuff. Mm. And I was at Woking, who were in the National League at the time, I think. Playing under-18 stuff there was about 15, 16. Then moved over to um, Wellington because my mum moved back there. She's from there. Hence how I can live here with a Kiwi passport. Um, and was playing similar to NPL stuff over there and then got picked up by the Phoenix Academy and spent a good few seasons there just learning and kind of developing skills under what was quite a good academy, to be fair, looking back on it now. I mean, the team we had there was was pretty good. Some of those players have gone on to have good careers. And, um, yeah, spent a few years there, played for the reserves for a couple seasons, spent a good year training with the first team under Mark Rudan, which was a good experience as well. And then got the opportunity to go over to Cyprus and play in the fourth division of there, which was an interesting one because it's not the highest level. Mm. But um, the team over there was a new team, a new franchise, and they were kind of pushing for back-to-back promotions to kind of climb the divisions. Which was, So it was a good setup and stuff, really good experience, and I loved my time there. But um, because of COVID, I had to kind of cut that short. The season wasn't going to continue. Moved back to New Zealand, played another season there in the National League, and then moved back to England to live. and wanted to play there. Spent a little bit of time training with the team in the Conference South, Hemel Hempstead but decided, you know, it wasn't what I was looking for. I wanted to stay full-time. So I took an opportunity up to go and play in Italy in Eccellenza um, with a team that trained every day and, and kind of learned the Italian way. But that was that was a whole different experience in itself. It was tough, um, obviously not speaking the language and mm. trying to be in a change room with a coach who didn't speak a word of English. And it was difficult for sure. Um, and then got in touch with a man, Matty Sinney, who I think actually knows Chris Greach in the Eastern Lions. Uh, who's like a football agent. He brought a few boys over to Berlin and he put me in contact with the coaches there. And then we got that deal done. And um, yeah, that was my first club in Australia. I mean, take us through the, I guess the, the, I mean, one of the questions that I've always found fascinating is obviously New Zealand have one league, which is semi-professional. It's not, you know, like how we've got the A-League here, their best team is Wellington and everything like that. So it's sort of, I guess, their version of the MPL. I guess, what's the difference in standard in sort of New Zealand's top domestically compared with, say, the MPL here? Is it very similar? Is it is it better over there? Like, what have you noticed through both of your journeys, both here and also there in New Zealand? Yeah, it's a good question. I think people, people ask me that a lot. And it's tough because there's two teams over there. Although the system's changed now and it's no longer the National League it used to be, it's split up into regions. But when I was there, it was just the one National League. And um, there was two teams that were really good, Auckland City and um, Team Wellington. Mm. Um, and I spent time at Team Wellington. So 
I kind of understood it a little bit more. And individually, there was just some really good players. I think New Zealand, similar to Australia, like it, de- it develops good players. Um, obviously, not as many as you get in Europe, but there are some really talented players. And if you are, you'll kind of get filtered through those two clubs there. Um, hence why they're really strong. But the rest of the league, there are a few clubs that, you know, they're competitive and then there's some that just really aren't. Whereas I think in NPL, you get kind of 10 or so. I mean, NPL 2 is a whole different kettle of fish. Like, it's it's an interesting league. Everyone's kind of, anyone could be anyone. But um, for the most part, it's pretty competitive. There's good players all over. Um, so I'd say NPL is probably more competitive all around. But then your Auckland cities and your team Wellington's back in the day were probably a little bit better than what you'd get in MPL two here, and would probably compete more in MPL one. Yeah, um, yeah, but no, it's not a bad level. There's some, there's some good players knocking about, and um, yeah. You mentioned your experience working under Marco Rudan. I'm curious about that, Max. I mean, you know, Marco's obviously gone on to coach Western United, went to West Sydney Wanderers as well. I guess what were your experiences working under him, and what did you learn? I guess in that environment under Rudes and training with the Wellington senior team as well. Yeah, I only spent a season doing it, but Mark Rudan, I actually had a decent relationship with him. I thought he was a good coach, definitely a man, mo- like a man motivator. Um, trainings were always intense, sharp. He de- you definitely didn't want to get on the wrong side of him. He was pretty intimidating. But um, no, I really liked kind of going up and training with the first team and learning from him and the other players because there were some really good players in that team. You know, Sarpreet Singh, Max Burgess, obviously Liberato Kakache. Uh, Roy Krishna, David Williams. There was some Stephen Taylor was there at the time. Durante, yeah, there was a, it was a really good squad, and even just learning with them and kind of seeing how they do things and yeah, it was a really good experience and probably one of the, my more favourable memories from my career so far was that experience there. I guess your experience overseas is that something that you'd like to do again with your football career, or are you sort of happy here being in Victoria, or are you just sort of you know focusing one little bit at a time, not trying to look too far ahead. Yeah, it's a tough one because I've always seen my friends overseas smashing it. And I think, oh, would I like to be doing that again? But the reality is, unless you're going to kind of go overseas and play in a top 10 league or a second division in a top six league, it's just not an amazing lifestyle. Like you'll be on peanuts money wise. You might be living in a dodgy little shack somewhere and you'll be in the middle of nowhere. Like it is tough. It takes like a certain type of person to be able to go over there you know, tough it out for a couple of years to, to reap the rewards. Um, and just where I'm at now in my life, I think I'm more focused on just my life in general, my future, my relationship and knuckling down and trying to build something for the future. So I don't think you'll see me overseas anytime soon, but at the same time, never say never. If I have a good few yeah. years over here and the right opportunity comes about, I definitely would, wouldn't say no. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself off the pitch. Are you studying at the moment? Do you work outside? Obviously, a lot of players being semi-professional, I guess. What what sort of life outside of football for you? Yeah, no, I don't study. Um, something I probably wish I had done when I was 18, 19. I guess it's never too late. Um, I just work in a cafe at the moment. So pretty standard stuff, just casual. I am looking for something more full-time in the future. But at the moment, I'm happy to just you know, have a nice life, go on holiday for a few months after the season and just enjoy the the benefits of not being tied down to a full-time job. Um, but yeah, just a standard day, obviously training twice a week, playing on the weekend and then working during the week. Nothing special, nothing out the gate, pretty standard stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Well, well, Max, I must ask about this. Um, I mean, last year you were on reality TV, and I remember a, a, an anecdote about this was the. I remember one night I was actually down at the Venetian Club one night calling one of your games, and went yeah. to the Bab store afterwards, looked on the TV, and I said to Lockie, "I'm like, holy crap, is that Max Bachelor on an ad on Channel Seven for Heartbreak <laughs> Island?" And we did a bit of googling. We're like, "Oh my god, yeah, it actually is." Max, that's actually on the show. Max, I, I mean, tell us about that. Like, you know, the experiences, I guess, of playing while the tapes were running. Obviously, it was filmed before the season. I guess, tell us a little bit about that whole experience. Yeah, I knew, I knew this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was you or Lockie that when you were commentating one of the games, like, I think it was against Manny and I scored a penalty. And as I was stepping up, you guys were like, oh, and it's the kid from Heartbreak Island. And... <laughs> I do apologize for that one, mate. <laughs> no, nah, it was fun. Yeah, the boys in the change room loved it. And yeah, yeah. and that was good. Luck. Yeah, the experience in general, it was, I mean, it was something I just couldn't say no to. I think when the opportunity came up and at the time I wasn't, I don't, I think I was in Italy when I actually had a fir, like the first Zoom call to go on the show and then that didn't work out. I went home and realized, look, I've got an opportunity here to go and do this. I can tie in and, go to Australia straight from it and then play football. So it all just worked out really well for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, how could I say no to mm. spending two months in a, on a tropical island, five-star hotel, everything paid for, no worries. And my mentality was just go on there, have a laugh. Like, what's, like who really cares, you know? Like, mm. my family and friends will be the only people that watch it. It probably won't do very well. No one will know, like, anything about it. So, like, who cares? Um and I'm so glad I did go on it. I ended up meeting my girlfriend, who I'm still with now, on the show. And, um, yeah, so I couldn't be more grateful for that. Um, and just the experience in general is always something that, I mean, we'll look back on together as a couple and just think, like, how the fuck did we meet on a TV show, you know? <laughs> well, it's an awesome story, mate. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, Lockie and I probably would have had no idea if we didn't end up going to get food after a game. We go, all right, we're going to go, what, what, you're hungry after the game? Let's go get some food. And then happened to stumble across it on late night TV here. But um, you, no, that, it, it's an amazing story, mate, because you hear so many people come out of it and of, of these reality shows and speak about the horrors of it. But hearing a positive story come out of it is awesome. Yeah, you were probably the only two people that watched it, to be fair. <laughs> mate, didn't watch a single episode, <laughs> just saw an ad. So I'll make that one real with you. I mean, did you did the did opposition players know about it? Did, did you cop any sort of flack on the pitch or anything like that? It was more just um, change room banter. It's funny you say that. It definitely was mostly changer and banter. Although the third game of this season, we're playing against Lang Warren. I don't think he'll mind if I name drop him here, but Rogan McGeorge, he hit a, he hit a pass. And I'm not going to lie, it was a terrible pass. And I said to him during the game, I was like, that is one of the worst passes I've ever seen. Like, that is so bad. And he looks at me, no hesitation and goes, not as bad as crying on reality TV though, is it? And from that moment on, I just, I just shut my mouth and I was like, fuck, I can't say anything there, can I? Like he's actually done me. But... So I copped a little bit from him, but no one else really, to be honest. I don't think anyone saw it, mate. It was that bad that I don't think anyone wasted their time watching it. No, that's awesome, mate. I mean, it's no surprise, Rogan, uh, if it was going to be anyone, it'd be him. I mean, I'm not sure if you know, he's actually got his own podcast and they do like watch along <laughs> to the NPL and everything like that. It's great. So I'm, I'm not surprised anyone to do their research and find that sort of stuff. It'd definitely be Rogan. Um, but did yeah. you have to, did you have to tell like Fausto at all about it? Did you have to like, kind of say when you sign, Hey, like, this is what I've done going into it. Like, did you, or did you just sort of go, whatever, like it's done, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. It was a weird one. Cause I'd signed obviously like an NDA and I couldn't 
actually speak about it. Yeah. Um, I had to be really careful because there was a hefty fine on the other end that I couldn't afford. <laughs> mm. But um, it was weird because I had to tie it in with with actually signing for Berlin. So I went on the show in um, in late January and then had to end up signing for Berlin beforehand without kind of giving away too much that I was on a show because of the contract. And then go on the show, no idea how long I was going for, not have my phone on me. So I couldn't contact Berlin and be like, hey, I'll be there in a week or I'll see you guys in a month or I'll be there tomorrow. Like there was none of that. So in terms of accommodation set up for me when I did land in Australia, there was nothing. Like it was all really up in the air. And even when I came to training, the first day I was there on preseason, I think Nick Crivelli and Fausto, the assistant the head coach, looked at me and were like, oh, we didn't think you were coming, to be honest. Like we had no idea because it was also last minute. Like I think the day I got there, I texted them saying, oh, I'll be at training tomorrow. I've just left the show. I've got my phone back today. Uh, are you guys ready for me? Like it was all just crazy, and it was it was pretty stressful. But luckily, I was in in Fiji, so I didn't really have much to stress about other than that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was hectic to try and sort that all out. No, nah, that's awesome, mate. That's I tell you what, you're not you're not going to hear too many MPL stories like that ever around. So that that is that is that is a great little sort of story to to bring up here, Max. I mean, one more before I let you go. You are playing Bulleen in two weeks' time at the Venator Club. It's a Monday night game. It's always big when it's Monday nights. And obviously Northcote this weekend, then Bulleen. I mean, have you thought at all about, you know, the rematch coming up against your former teammates, coming up against the team that you were at for a season, season and a half? Or is it just focus on Northcote first and then we'll cross that bridge when it comes? No, definitely not. I'm I'm pretty petty, so I'm waiting for this one. Um, <laughs> I hope that we can get three points because not only is this a massive game for the team, you know, if we do well this weekend against Northcote and fingers crossed we go into Berlin and potentially pick up another three points, we're in a really good position position for promotion. So, yeah, I think obviously team first always, but at the same time, there's nothing I'd want more than to score against Berlin. And I really hope that we can I can do that and we can get three points as well because, yeah, it, I think... I'd love to get a little bit of revenge. Absolutely. Well, Max, thank you so much for for jumping on today, mate. Um, again, good luck for the rest of the season. Seven games to go right in the middle of the promotion hunt. And uh, looking forward to seeing how you finish the season and, of course, how Eastern Lions finish the season as well. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for the chat as well, mate.